did I ever tell you what took you so long to be hired at this magazine? Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, I just, you know, I figured it was paperwork or anything else. She goes, no. She goes, we had never hired an openly gay man. And she goes, I had to walk in the CEO's office and ask him if it was okay to hire a gay person. Hey guys, this is Ryan, your host. Thank you guys so much for listening to the first episode of Listen Queer. Um, on today's episode, I have one of my best friends, my mentors, um, and just a really, really all-around good dude, Joe K. He is a pillar in the apartment industry. He's been in the industry for decades now. He's 57 years old, so he's an older gay man. And so he came up in the industry in a time when, you know, being gay wasn't nearly as accepted as it is today. And despite that, he still found a lot of success. So the reason that I wanted him to be on today's episode is because I think that his story is one of perseverance, but also one of success in spite of the challenges and everything that he faced. So I want him to tell his story and we, you know, we do talk about, um, just the apartment industry in general a lot. So, um, you know, but I promise you we do circle back to the whole being gay thing, but I want him to tell his story because I know that in coming out, there's always a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety and that before you come out, there's lots of what ifs. And you're always worried about what's going to happen when I come out. No one's going to accept me and, you know, I'm going to be disowned by my family and I'm not going to be successful or so on and so forth. Uh, and obviously I know that's not the case for everybody, but, um, you know, it, it was for me certainly. And so I know that it can be for a lot of other people as well. So Joe's story is just one of success, um, in spite of him, you know, being an openly gay man, back in the you know 70s and 80s during the you know height of the AIDS pandemic um, you know and just being an openly gay man living in the deep south so without further ado um, let's go ahead and jump right into it welcome to listen queer a podcast for everyone your host, Ryan Harris, and his guests discuss how queer issues affect their lives through stories of triumph, heartbreak, and lessons learned. Listen Queer is made in the hopes of painting a more holistic picture of the queer experience for its listeners. After all, it's not all circuit parties and poolside mimosas. Now, turn off your grinder notifications and welcome your host, Ryan Harris. Welcome to Listen Queer. Today, we have a very special guest, my first guest, Joe Kay. Um, best friend, mentor, known you for three years now? Yes. Yeah. Um, and really just sort of a titan in the apartment industry. Um, you've been in it for how long? Uh, over, over 30 years. Over 30 yeah. years. So you've yeah. been in it for decades and everybody knows you. Everybody loves you. Um, so I wanted to sort of bring him on because... Him being my mentor, we have had some very interesting conversations, and especially both of us being gay, um, it's been interesting to sort of be able to compare and contrast your experience 
to mine because obviously people from your generation came and you guys had a lot harder of a time to sort of just being gay um, during, you know, the earlier sort of stage uh, back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Whereas nowadays, you know, being gay is, it's certainly a lot easier. It's still not easy necessarily. It can't be tough, but it's definitely a lot easier. So um, I wanted to sort of bring you on and just have you sort of talk about your experience as a gay man. Um, So... Before we get started, can you give us just a couple minutes just sort of about you? Sure, uh, absolutely. So, uh, Joe K, uh, 57 years old, mm-hmm. um, have always um, somewhat been out. I, I don't have a big coming out of the closet story. Um, you know, I think when when I did identify as gay, you know, parents, uh, relatives, v- even even high school, very, very openly accepted uh you know, really um, was lucky in my journey. So it's 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 an interesting. You know, I find it very interesting when I listen to someone else's journey when they've had troubles and and had you know sort of sort of that tough sort of journey. So you know, for me, um, I, I wouldn't say it was super easy, but but not as challenging as most. Uh, maybe blind to a lot of it, mm. uh, but you know, always had family support, always had friends support. Um, and, and, and quite a bit of work support, so, right. you know, uh, but, but have lived through some, some challenging times. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. So one of the stories that you've told me, um, and I know that you've told it to me a million times, but, um, you know, was, so when you were, was it when you were sort of for, first starting in the industry? And the apartment in it, so, industry when that when that happened. No, so so it had been sort of so my sort of journey in the apartment industry was uh, had been with a um, a guy for several years, uh, and in you know in in a relationship and sort of fell into the point where we were living in another city. We we were moving back to Houston, and and one of my friends from high school actually worked in property management right. and offered. Um, sort of, and it was the heyday of the apartment industry back then. I mean, offered us a job. Uh, I was going to work weekends. He was going to work full time in the industry. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of how I got into the industry. And it, and it was, it was definitely different back then. Uh, but after being in it several years and, the, and their stories sort of, of, of sort of how, and I'm, I'm going to delve into this before the stories, but, yeah. but back then there were, for lack of a better word, no fair housing laws. And, and you don't, you think of that as like, um, so there were all adult communities right. where, where simply you had to be over the league of age 18 to live there. Mm-hmm. So absolutely no children. Right. And now you, yeah. And, and then, there were, then there <laughs> were, then there were family properties where you had, you know, children and everything else and, and vastly different in, in what they offered as far as amenities and everything okay. else like that. I mean, right. you, you could identify a family property almost immediately because there was no grass. Because oh. children were so running rampant yeah. that there, it was just like dirt trails everywhere. Oh, I get it. And then you had these upper end, you know, all adult communities where, I mean, you were limited to, you know, even if you were a divorced dad, children mm-hmm. were limited to like two days a month. No shit. So, I mean, it was it was crazy. But you look at that as, you know, even further is that you could actually refuse to rent to gay people. Mm-hmm. You could... You what, could when, when was this? This was 80s. 80s so, okay. 79, 80s. Okay. I mean, it was... I, I have trouble. 80s is probably the early, 
89. I'd have to actually look up the dates and yeah. stuff like that. But I mean, you could physically look out the window of where you're sitting in leasing and decide right then whether you had availability or not. Oh, like it would whatever car the they drove, whatever like car, yeah, whatever the car they drove, whatever else, you know, if, if they, it, you know, and it was manager discretion. I mean, if it was two guys walking in together to lease a one bedroom, mm. you simply had no availability, you know, just depending Damn. on how old school that was. And I mean, you know, and, and then you look at, you know, the AIDS epidemic coming in and there were even questions on, you know, what did you do? You know, if, if someone was clearly showing signs of, of HIV, mm. you could, you could actually refuse to rent to them. And then even disclosures, yeah. you know, um, lived at a property where we had a, a person die of HIV and it was a big concern of the next person that lived there if you had to disclose that or not. Oh. You know, and, and it was a it was a huge deal of, you know, were they gonna accept that apartment or not mm -hmm. because of the stigma tied to HIV. So right. I, I mean there's just there was a wide range of just um, you know, just a a bunch of bunch of stuff that was tied to, to not only fair housing for, for families and adults, but also for the gay, right. the gays and lesbians of the world. I mean, it was just so, you know, we could physically say, we're not going to lease to you because you're gay and lesbian. Damn. You know, and, and, and it was totally required by law. And in fact, there's still questions on, on if and when you can do that. Or, right. You know, because it's, it's somewhat protected, mm -hmm. but it's, it's sort of that wink, wink protected. I see. You know, right. Um, yeah. You know, and just, you know, occupancy and, and all that, that sort right. of stuff. So, but, but coming back to your story. So I'd, I'd been in multifamily industry for years and really loved it. Was, was very successful at it. And it, it's a great career. And out of the blue, um, back then, uh, there was a publication. It was a printed publication that advertised apartments, very high profile across the nation and got a call one day from Two of the two of the staff there that basically, you know, their question was, you know, did did I, you know, did I know anybody? You know, did I happen to feel somebody that was connecting the industry that, you know, knew a lot of people, that was active in the in the market? And, you know, at that time I I was a manager. And I mean, that's all I thought I was ever gonna be. I mean, right. my plan in life was to, you know, manage a property until I was, you know, 70 years old. It was going to be me managing the property, my husband running maintenance, and we're going to live in the one bedroom apartment above the office, right. and, and that was it. And yeah. out of the blue, two two which ended up being great mentors for me called me and sort of said, "We're looking for this person," and and you know, do I know anybody? And I was like thinking to myself, "I I know no one, yeah. you know, that fit this bill." Right. And uh, they kept pressing me and pressing me and pressing me, and I was like. You know, finally I was like, well, do y'all think y'all would be interested in me? Mm. And they actually said, who do you think we've been talking about all this time? <laughs> and actually hung up on me because they're like, this guy's an idiot, so you know? And, um, so it was, it was, and so I sat there and I sat there and finally they called back and, um, you know, of course I was like, I, you know, absolutely, you know, this is, this will be interesting. This is, you know. This is a dream come true. I, I can't imagine being elevated to to this position of of what this magazine and what this mm -hmm. sort of sort of book meant to the industry. I mean, they were you know they were so well respected. We have an association that's that's huge, and um, so applied and uh, 
couple other people that I actually knew uh, applied as well um, because there were several open positions. They were they were starting a new sort of program, and the three other people got hired somewhat quickly. Yeah, and um, like they kept sort of putting me off and putting me off and sort of guaranteeing me that you know I hadn't had the job and just relax and just wait. And probably two weeks, maybe three weeks after the other people had started, mm-hmm. I, I was offered the position and just never questioned it. I mean, it was background right. check, which is clear, you know, right. all this stuff. Right. And um, went to work for this magazine and uh, was um, extremely, extremely, extremely successful. Right. I mean, top, top, top salesperson, yeah. you know, just again and again and again, just really you know, just and and learn from the two people. Actually, several people there just just changed the direction on how I thought about everything. Right. And um, like like sales wise, sales wise, just life wise, just okay. everything wise. I mean, yeah. um, just a big learning experience just a overall. Big, just you know, you you see all these books and videos of like the ABCs of closing. <laughs> right. You see, you know, how to use the Benjamin Franklin clothes. These people. Um, like, like, could have written their own book that yeah. would have been uh, totally different. I, I, you know, I I can go on with stories and stories, but I, you know, one of one of my favorites, my sales manager, who was on the original call that that hired me, we'd met with this client several times, and uh, you know, met with him, great, da da da, sounds great, sounds great, sounds great, sounds great, and we went in for the final meeting with him, and I, and I brought. The, the lady with me, and I'll, I'll say her name, Diana, because um, still very, very close. Mm-hmm. And uh, she walks in the meeting. She she presents the contract. We're sitting there talking to the guy. And about 10 or 15 minutes in the contract, into these talks, and, and she finally reaches in her purse, and she, she pulls out this pen, and she goes, hey, I want to make sure you know how this works, and <laughs> lays it on top of the contract. Uh-huh. Just and the, just this whole room went quiet. Silent, right? And 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 he was like, "Oh, well, well, yeah." And she's like, "Well, you know, we need you to sign these documents, right?" And it, we it get this done. Yeah, and it closed the deal, and, and and it was just such a, you know, such an eye-opening experience to me right. to to just that. Like you can read books and read books and read books about the hard close, mm-hmm. but you've never seen like a hard close right. you're just like wow uh, yeah yeah right and so yeah this and i've always held that with me is that hey let me show you how this pen works right you know and, and i'll use an right. example an example again and i'm like it just it just kicks you in the stomach and yeah. you're like wow you know i feel like that is sort of that gamble of yeah it's like a, but this could piss him off right you know, could drop the contract but a, you know you you can only meet so many. T- you know, there's Absolutely. there's um, you know, I always use an interview question when I when I'm hiring people of you know, um, again, close to industry. You know, mm-hmm. some of my first questions to people is, you know, if if you could pick up the phone now, who would you invite to lunch? Mm-hmm. And and not that I judge that on who they can invite because I don't want their client list, but I know there's certain people that they can say I'd invite X Y Z to lunch. And I know XYZ would always go to lunch with you, but never close a deal. Oh. Like there's a whole bunch of free lunch guys. Right. But they're never going to buy anything from right. you. Where if they mention somebody that, hey, I could go to lunch with this person, and you're like, oh, 
I, I can't collect with right. that person. You're actually a little more, <laughs> right. more, you're more like, connected. You're like, like the person you mentioned first that you could go to lunch with, anybody can go to lunch with. Right. But the person you just mentioned, yeah, that's you know, a big deal. Yeah, that's that's a huge deal. Right. Yeah, because I mean, if you can call that lunch, not that you know, you know, and and you know, sort of that same line. I'll never ask you for your client list. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's your private sort of business type thing. I, I don't need to see who you can sell for. I don't know who you can take a lunch. Right. You know, and, and, and that way. Yeah. So, so. so I I have two sort of questions on that. I want you to finish the original yes. story. Yes. But also after you do that, I wanna ask like you know, being an out gay man in the sales industry. Yes. I wanna know if that has helped you if that has negatively impacted your success, which I don't think it has because you are wildly successful, right. yeah. or if it hasn't really had much of a change at all. So yeah. go finish finish right. the story and then okay. and then we'll so, come back. So so finishing the story. So left the apartment got after several years, um, went went on to, you know, other other ventures that were that were just as exciting and and actually followed the lady that that signed off on my hire for the the magazine. And, and followed her to another location and, and actually ran into her a couple years after we, not parted ways cause, cause mm-hmm. her and I would never part ways yeah. and at a bar and she looked over at me one time and she, she's, she's hilarious, goofy, love her to death. Uh, looked over at me one time and she said, Joe Kay, did I ever tell you what took you so long to be hired at this magazine? Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I just, you know, I figured it was paperwork or anything else. She goes, no, she goes, we had never hired an openly gay man. Mm-hmm. And and again, in the apartment industry, there's been gay people. Right. And, and, <laughs> yes. and, and, in, yes, and in and in the vendor side, there's always been gay uh-huh. people. And and I was sort of taken aback by it. And I was like, what do you mean? And she goes, We never hired an openly gay man. And I and I had to go to the CEO of our company. And, and mind you, this was so we were a small piece of a major corporation. Mm-hmm. I mean, like major corporation. And she goes, I had to walk in the CEO's office and ask him if it was okay to hire a gay person. Wow. Because, because she, she knew people that were gay, but not openly gay. Right. Never admitted it to her. Right. And And, so, and at that point you were in the relationship. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you were gay. Gay. Picture on my desk. I mean, Mm -hmm. I, I've never not had a picture on my desk of my significant other. Yeah. I have never not, in the interview, mm-hmm. in right. events, anything, never, I've never not. Yeah, if we're going to dinner, I'm bringing my significant other. Right. If we're doing this, I'm bringing my significant other. Yeah. So she said, you know, she was like, and if he would have said no, I, I wouldn't have been able to hire you. And and she thought it was hilarious. Mm. And and it was just again that kick in the gut right. of my whole career was built on this guy. Possibly saying no, and 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 to to have again, like I said from the beginning, to have never sort of thought I'd been discriminated against, mm-hmm. you know, blind, somewhat blind to it, right? I guess, you know, yeah. But to hear those after after I'd reached the pinnacle of that, you know, I was the guy there, right. yeah. And then You're I was the, the guy, salesman. I was the guy at the next one she'd gone to, mm-hmm. and just to hear that that could have all been taken away, and it took me. It took me back a little bit. Yeah. It, it, it definitely took me back a little bit. And, and not that I suffered over it, but it just, it really made me sort of rethink 
Yeah, didn't change anything. Well, right. But, but yeah. rethink where I'm at. Um, yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, so it, it, it definitely affected me, but like it didn't change me. Like mm-hmm. it just, it made me almost stronger and hungrier to just, you know, continue. So you uh, like to like go in and just be like, I'm going to prove these motherfuckers wrong. Well, I'd already had, I'd already oh, yeah. done that, you know, right. I'd already done that, but it was you've, more like, won... it was more like, I'm not, I'm never going to let, I'm going to watch for this stuff mm-hmm. for others. Oh yeah, you know, Absolutely. sort of not become an advocate, but sort of, wow, I need to make sure that this never happens again to anybody else, right? You know, because Absolutely. one of the people I I went to work for at the same time as apartment guy was actually hugely closeted, mm-hmm. and and I I'm sure I've told you the story. So so we were both named Joe, and it was he was closeted and married to a girl, and and much more. I just, before yeah. we get there, yeah, I just want to just set uh, the push pin in the timeline. What year is this? This is 1989. 1989, okay. So 1989. we're heavy in the AIDS. Yes, heavy in the AIDS epidemic. epidemic. Um, right. Got all that. Yeah, so. Okay. So, yeah. Two, yeah, so two, 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 two Joes. Two Joes. Uh, much more, um, I, I don't... How do I say a this? Feminine sounding. A feminine sounding, right. a feminine acting, mm-hmm. a feminine dressing. Right. I have I have no style sense whatsoever. <laughs> um, and and so it was it was so funny because you know back then it was phone calls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was mm-hmm. there. I think I think toward the end of my career there, uh, we were still carrying pagers, which oh if you don't know what that is, uh, just <laughs> right. um, but but they did at least. It was so funny. They weren't even numbered pagers. So the pager would actually go off and vibrate mm-hmm. and not give you a number. You had to call the answering service, give them a code. They would give the message. So oh my God. it would be like you would, you would, you'd get this vibration, right. call the answering service. They would tell you the number to call and, and what the message up. was. You'd hang up, put another quarter <laughs> in the payphone and call a person. Oh my God. Yeah. So I mean, so... We finally got updated to ones where they could actually dial in and you got the phone number on. And isn't uh, that so funny? Like, that was the height of technology. Well, that was the height of technology. And then they were also afraid to... They thought we would... We didn't need our own laptops. Mm-hmm. And so we had one email address. Oh so, like, you didn't even have your own email address. And, right. I mean, again, this was, you know, a, a major publishing company. This, yeah. this, I mean, huge volumes of publishing, you know, and... <laughs> And they just didn't adapt to, to that. So That's back funny. to the story. So, you know, in this, you know, this open and closed environment. So uh, this other Joe would go out and, and do these sales calls and do whatever else. And, and, you know, people, business cards, and they, they wouldn't pay attention. Mm. And they would call the main phone number and uh, ask for Joe. And they'd be like, which one? And everyone would always say the gay one. Mm-hmm. And I would get... Probably 80% of his phone calls. and s- Because you were openly out. I was openly out. And the guy, he, he just, when they met him in person or heard him on the phone, thought abso- he was gay. Yes, but yes, at that point, yes. he was closeted straight. Co- closeted so they would straight. call for him, say, I want the gay Joe. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, they, it, it, it take a little prodding. Well, sure, right, 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 right. Yeah, but I mean, the receptionist would honestly be like, Right. Which one? Right. Which Joe? And they'd be like the gay one, yeah. you know. Uh, like okay, <laughs> let's patch you through. Like no, no, no. You want this other Joe, <laughs> right? And I'd, I'd have to be like, oh, you know, I'd have to like wing my way through it uh-huh. to get them to the other Joe, and just be like, 
no, I'm the gay one. Joe's the married one. Right. And they'd be like, no, 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 no. no, no I'm no. like, yeah, I promise you. Right. <laughs> like, I work with yeah, work, yeah. Work, he, he, work him, he, I swear. He has since come out of the closet. He's a very good friend and a, a great guy. But and is dating another guy named Joe. Yes, yes, yeah. So, which I would never. I just, I couldn't handle that pressure. Right. Because then you have cute, cute, which one is it, the cute Joe or the ugly Joe? And I'm oh, like, yeah. I couldn't. That would be, yeah, yeah, yeah. The thin one or the fat one? Like, no. Right. That's, that's too, that's too much pressure on Yeah. Me, you that know, that would suck. Way too much pressure on Right. Uh, so, oh, being, being out and gay yes. in, in the industry. How um, has it affected your career? I, you know, um, it's, I don't think it's affected my career. Uh, you know, I think it's, it's somewhat helped my career. Mm-hmm. I, I have a crazy sort of sales technique, a crazy tort of everything. Uh, and it's it's because I'm I'm open. Uh, I, I do have you know existing relationships that everybody knows about. They they've certainly met them. I um I'm I'm my own person and it's it's very hard to be sort of this this top sales guy and everything else like that and be who I am. Mm-hmm. I, I've gotten in trouble for it before, but but not badly. But more than anything else, what I've seen is that other people that work with me and um, sort of compete with me and everything else like that, they, they try to emulate me. Mm-hmm. And more than anything else, what I've seen, and, and it's, it's such a weird thing, is when managers or supervisors see that, See and them trying to be you. See them trying to be me and and see how clients react to them trying to be me. Because again, there's 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 idiosyncrasies that I'm right. sort of known for. And and they'll have to have this serious sit down talk with them <laughs> and, and be like, Hey, just Joe can do this. Right. You don't have the ability or it's cute. Yeah. Don't what but you don't have the ability or or to pull it off. Right. So you you don't don't try to emulate Joe. Develop your own style. Yeah. But you can't right. but you can't treat clients the way Joe treats clients. Right. Joe can treat client badly. <laughs> badly. But they know it's Joe and right. they don't have a choice. Right. You treat a client that way and they think you're a bitch. Right. Yeah. So it's so so you being gay, you like has it so going back to you know them doing it and then them the clients thinking that they were a bitch because you're gay, do you think that you have a little bit of that like, sass? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. they yeah. accept it because you Yeah, know, I mean a, b- a sassy bit. gay Joe. I, I well, I don't think sassy gay Joe, I think I think bitter mouthy Joe. Like, oh, yeah. You know, bitter bitter mouthy Joe. Like yeah. like um you know you know, my, and again, a little bit sassy, but like, you know, there are numerous friends that, and, I, and I'll be blatantly truthful with clients or friends, you know, they'll, you know, I'll walk up to them and, and we'll be going some form on, I'll be like, you know, that outfit and those shoes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm fine. It's got to be one or the other, right. you know, or, or I've actually given clients um, full length mirrors for Christmas because I swear they didn't have one in their house. I mean, sort of that sort of, right. That's just so ridiculous. It's a, it's, but it's all in um, fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's tongue in cheek. It's, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's hundred hundred percent fun. I mean, yeah. I have, I have several clients this day that, and this, and these letters go back 
10 or 15 years, maybe longer than that, that are fill in the blank apology letters that, that's, that, are, that are framed and on their wall with a, with a mark pen that, that basically says it's an apology letter from me, mm-hmm. uh, signed by me, that uh-huh. basically says, you know, whatever I did, right. you know, fill in the blank. Yeah. I, I apologize for. Right. And dear blank. <laughs> no, dear. No, their name is typed. All right. So no, it's, it's, it's pretty spelled out. Right. It's just the spot where I did something horrendous. Right. Needs to be written in. I am writing to apologize for. Yes. Blank. Yeah. Date. Blank. Yeah, yeah. On and, this date. Yeah. And then, and then my supervisor's name, should there be any further questions, mm-hmm. to, to contact them. And it's, it's, it's signed by me. And, it, so and, they'll, and then I'll walk in their office. Yeah. I'll, I'll, in the position I'm in, I probably see people, you know, where I used to see them weekly. I'll mm-hmm. see them every two or three years now. Mm-hmm. And I'll walk in their office and they'll be like, here's, here's that letter. Here's that letter. Um, but I, but I have clients like that. I have a, uh, one of my biggest client still has in her office a picture of me from 19, 1979. Mm-hmm. And it's me and a girl I dated. Right. Taped behind her desk. Uh-huh. In her, and she is, she is huge in the industry. Right. Taped behind her desk. And just for the reaction of people walking into her office and sitting behind her and, and she's like, you, people will be like, is that okay? And she will just rail into the story of how she has this photo behind her desk of, of me and this girl named Kathy Uh that I, that I dated throughout high school and just thinks it's the most hilarious thing in the world that she has that photo (laughs) and proud of it. And it's traveled to her, you traveled her, to every job yeah, she's had. Yeah, yeah. And well, that. every office she's had. She's worked for the company for years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. So, yeah, it's it's her. And, like, I'll walk in and I'm just like, oh, God. Right. Yeah. So, as a, I mean, as a gay man in the industry you've been in, you would say, overall, it's been beneficial. We're somewhat close to the hospitality industry. Mm-hmm. And, right. I mean, you've seen this huge explosion in the hospitality industry of, of, of gays and lesbians. Right. And, I, and I think you see that... Someone at the apartment industry too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, it's a great industry. It's a great place to work. Uh, but it's it's also I think it's built into our sort of DNA of you know we we want to help people. Yeah. We we've been sort of you know you hate to sort of let you know stigmatize this, but you know we've struggled our lives somewhat right with with how we're treated, and mm-hmm. now we have a chance to sort of treat people right, right, Absolutely. and treat people with respect. Absolutely. And it and it sort of brings respect back to you. back to us too. So I think I think that's why I like it. And and for me, I, I enjoy people. Of you course, know, and, uh, I'm the same way. And I get away with a lot of stuff, right? Being in the industry, I'm you know mm-hmm. in and stuff. But yeah. uh, but it, it's been amazing just to see the people I started out with years ago. Yeah. Now now in these great positions, right? You know, and then and then see the young younger generation sort of in their leasing and and, and being openly gay, mm-hmm. and, and it's very hard for me to say when I ran across the last closeted gay person right. in our industry. Yeah, you know, you you not that they're you know, but I think it's a weird situation now where you could walk in an office and, and there's no more picture frames on their on their right. desk and stuff. 
but to you know glance at their phones, mm-hmm. right? And, and their boyfriend see and, their and, background, yeah, see their background, and, right. and know that that they have somebody, mm-hmm. you know, in yeah, in that something that has always been a really really big point for me, and it's a sort of a nice segue. I love and appreciate and respect um, your generation of the queer community so much because you guys paved the road for my generation to be openly gay. Sort of like, like, like we said earlier, you know, it was so it's night and day between being gay back in the seventies, eighties, especially during the AIDS epidemic and being gay now, you know, but we only got here because of the, the heartbreak and the terrible, horrible things. And, but the progress that came from those things that your generation and the generations after you went through yeah, to I, help us progress to yeah. where we are now. Um, and and it, it, you sort of look at that, you know, you, you sort of look at that, like that, um, you know, sci-fi time continuum thing mm-hmm. of, of, of what if AIDS wouldn't have happened? Right. Would we, would we be behind or farther than we are mm-hmm. now? Um, it's it's very funny when I when I think of it as a again as a fifty seven year old man, there are in in there are probably ten to fifteen people gay individuals I know that are older than me because mm-hmm. we lost a whole generation we lost oh. ten years. So when you say that, you say there are only fifteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, you go. You you look for, you know, sort of your your age, your your the grandparent gays. Right. They're you know, that grandparent age gays, mm-hmm. which which I'm very close to. <laughs> but but really from from sixty to seventy, there are very few gay individuals right now. And and where you'll see that most likely now and, and what you're seeing happening now is there was no need for gay and lesbian elder care and elder housing mm-hmm. because that generation disappeared. That yeah. generation died by the thousands. Right. Because and of AIDS. Because of AIDS. Yeah. And and right now you're just now through through the multifamily industry right. seeing gay and lesbian housing for seniors happen. Yeah. Even fifty five year and plus mm-hmm. is just coming on. Right. Um and it, and it's amazing to see it. We we've got some in Houston, there's some in other markets and it's yeah. sort of amazing to see this we're addressing the fact of now we're having to finally deal with elderly gays, right? Which, which I mean, hate to say about well, no, no, fifty seven. But, but yeah, but, but yeah. I mean, so you know. it, it, it we left this whole bucketed generation disappeared, yeah. where we didn't have to focus on that because they were gone, right? You know, yeah. Um, God, it's yeah. Insane. So I mean, you 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 know, you're looking at me as being a senior gay. There's no senior gays above me, right? You know, there's a few, yeah. which uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not taking, but there are very, very few mm-hmm. that because we lost that generation totally, and it was, and it was horrible, and it was, it was, you know, it's, I almost, you know, you didn't want to be, and I, and I saw some very, not militant post uh, from from the LGB community about, you know, when when COVID hit. Mm-hmm. You know, just the lack of understanding. How could this be happening? What's going on? Why aren't we getting help? Why aren't we doing this? And the LGBT community stood up and go, oh, you're just now realizing what this feels like? Right. First time? For, first time. Yeah, first time. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. And, uh-huh. and you, you know, you didn't want to be negative about it, but you're like, we, we've done this before. Yeah. You know, again, age was ignored for so long. Right. You know, and, and we didn't know what, we didn't know what's going on. Yeah. 
You know, we didn't know how you caught it. We didn't know how to cure it. You didn't know if, if it was contagious, like just by touch. Right. Or, yeah. Or, or just whatever. if you're in the just, same room with, yeah, you know, and, no and, and we spent that time where, you know, you had a loved one in the hospital. You couldn't go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. You could not see them. They, they died alone. And, and again, COVID. you hear the COVID stuff and yeah. you hear, you know, but there wasn't that sort of yelling and screaming. And I mean, to be gay in the South. Right. You know, and especially, and you know, we had just as many people dying in Houston, Texas, as we did in New York. Right, and it was it was terrifying. And again, you know, I, I go back to housing. You know, housing wasn't available to us. Right, you know, just because of that stigma, right. um, and it, it took a long time to sort of to realize, you know, how it affected where we're at now through some of these sort of protests, act up. Um, all these other organizations, it, it did certainly push, you know, where the gay and lesbian population is today. Right. And then we had a, a president that didn't even mention it almost his entire time in office. And you listen to some of the old tapes and, you know, why why was there concern about a gay plague? Mm-hmm. You know, and you're just like, they they talked this way about us. Right. You know, that, that there was no concern about this gay plague because mm-hmm. you know it was it was affecting the right amount of, it was affecting the right population the right group of people yeah right yeah yeah and um and that was Reagan that was Reagan during the eighties yeah yeah and I mean he joked about it too no right? hugely joked about yeah. it yeah and, and I mean his his entire staff joked about it mm-hmm. you know they they would not address it in press conferences right they would not address it to the public they you know they would not they would not spend any money on it right I mean. They would not, you know, the billions we spent on COVID, we, you know, they would have never sanctioned right. that money originally, yeah. you know, for, for HIV until, yeah. you know, the, the gay and lesbians, you know, spoke up and sort of, sort of saw what was, what was going on. And I mean, you know, when you look at sort of, you know, how the LGBT community has, has sort of grown and, mm-hmm. and sort of everything else through those actions and. It just it just shows you the strength. Then you look at like AIDS, where you had these couples together that had been together for years, and and one of them got sick with AIDS, mm-hmm. and you saw this heartbreak of you know his partner who had, who'd been with him for thick and thin, trying to get back to see him, mm-hmm. to to spend the final moments with him, and this person's parents refusing him mm-hmm. because he was not. In that relationship, or right. or him losing the house that they lived in for ten or fifteen years because he wasn't a spouse, right. and just all these little things that you never thought of because you were a healthy gay man mm-hmm. living this, you know, with this partner right. that you thought everything was fine, yeah, until end of life, mm-hmm. and at end of life, you lost all rights, a hundred percent of all rights, right, right then and there, and, and you could have been out in the street. Mm-hmm. And it was it was very eye opening to see how families turned on this per- and and somewhat blame this person. Yeah. For you know even if it had nothing to do with giving this giving their son or daughter mm-hmm. AIDS and certainly very excited about this vaccine mm-hmm. that they're that they're oh, sh- right. shortly coming out with. So I mean yeah. that that you know I think that will be a, a game changer and, and certainly you know perhaps an mm-hmm. amazing amazing sort of drug. But I I want to get back to. You know, your time spent as a gay man, um, 
you know, I, I, I know that there have obviously been struggles, but, you know, I think, I think that your story is so incredible because it can paint a picture of, you know, sometimes, and there's still a ton of work that has to be done. Oh, there, yeah. I, I'm not saying that it was easy for you at all, but, you know, so often when there are, you know, closeted kids, especially in the South or in places where, you know, it's a little less progressive, you know, the fear of coming out is so strong right? and so yeah. palpable and they don't, you know, they think, oh my gosh, if I come out, you know, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. I'm going to, you know, get kicked out of my house. And that's still very much so a reality for some people, unfortunately, but I love your story because your story shows that even, you know, I mean, even back when you were first sort of coming out, you know, you, your story shows that, you know, it can be okay. Yeah. And I mean, you know, yeah. like you, there are support networks out there yeah. and there are always going to be people that love you and people that, you know, want to take care of you and, um, you know, show you that, you know, it's okay to be who you are. So. I want to sort of finish on that and just have that sort of be the, you know, the little cherry on top to, you know, this whole conversation. Your story is amazing. Yeah. You know, you've, you've been through so much and you have, you know, come through on the other side, you know, still being incredibly successful, but living as an openly gay man. Yeah. I think, I think, um, yeah, I, th I think it didn't really hit me until until um, a few years ago, and and I know it's it's not reflected, but I but I uh, live on a farm now, and uh, live on a farm close enough to the city where I where I do have this farmer Joe life and mm -hmm. this in this city life as well, and and a ton of really great friends, both industry and everything else like that, and it's so funny, and it, it and it hits you sometimes, and it didn't hit me for probably the first three or four visits and, and they would tell me afterwards, but I'd have these moms come out with, with their sons mm. and to, to the farm, to the farm, uh -huh. you know, knew, knew the mom. Right. And, and someone knew the child and, and they would come out and we'd do, you know, farm tour and we'd meet all the animals and all this stuff. And then they would leave and I'd hear from the mom a week or two later or, or even before. And, and they would call back and say, you know, thank you for doing this for my son. I wanted to show them that this is what a gay life could mean to you. Right. You know, it, it wasn't all this, you know, inner city disco, right. crystal math party, you know, trawl rack. Math. They were like, you know, I'm taking you out to show you just this turn of, of every, every horrible mm -hmm. movie you've seen about, Hey, how gay life turns out. Right. This is this is what this this is what your life could look like. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and, th and that's why I sort of wanted to start this podcast was because you know I feel like there are so many, um, you know, young or even older queer people that right. are closeted or they're out. And I think know, that I th again I think the thing that surprises me is how young they're coming out. Right. I mean, these are, these awesome. are, these are kids. Yeah. And I mean, I probably knew, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I knew, and we can go on it again, but I mean, I knew the second I was gay. Right. Like I knew, I know the exact moment, the exact mm -hmm. chair I was sitting at, the exact where I was at when I, but I mean, to have these parents already accepting them and saying, right. okay, now let's build a plan. Yeah. 
Absolutely. You're, you've you've pictured how bad this is going to be in your head. Mm-hmm. Let me show you the upside of this. Right. And you know, I again that goes back to you know all the progress and all the work that sort of the queer community from your generation did. You know. Yeah. But I I, I love. But we made mistakes too. I mean, of, of we, course. You know, we, no one's we introduced perfect. everybody to poppers. And, right. You know, yeah. We the cocaine. And, right. You know, Quaaludes, man, um, drinks. That was us. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, I, I I wanted to start this podcast because I feel like the the media that's able to be consumed on a large scale by you know the queer community oh, yeah. is you know it's either porn, right, or it is you know. I, it's one of two tales. It's this, you know, young, broken, gay person. Right. And they're an addict and, you know, they're living on the streets right. and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Or it's this, you know, Adonis godlike, you right. know, Go-go gay, gay yeah. man in yeah. incredible shape. He lives in this beautiful loft in New York yeah. and travels to, you know, Mykonos every other month and you know and it's yeah. just white party white party white, white, yeah. white party yeah and it's it's yeah. just you know for the large population of queer people that's not the experience right you know the no. experience yeah. is and it just and it's, yeah it's just it knocks you down normal yeah you know yeah. it's just like you know we come home we you know kiss our partner we argue about what we're going to eat for dinner yeah. <laughs> you know like it's just, yeah. yeah it's just normal Tend. you know yeah. so that was the reason that I wanted to you know to start this podcast in the in the first place. And I want to, and the reason why I wanted you to be sort of my first guest because, you know, I love your story and I think that your story is a huge testament to, um, you know, sometimes you know things just kind of work out, you yeah. know. So no, yeah, def- for, and, yeah, for right all, place. Yeah, yeah, for all the queer, you know, closeted people, um, you know, young or old who you know haven't ever come out, um, you know, I just I want. To, I just wanted you to share your story to just show that, you know, as much as you're building up in your head that, you know, when I come out, it's going to be horrible. You right. think about it's all gonna... the bad things that could happen. Right. What if you come out and... All the doors open. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, the no, closet... Everyone accepts you. The closet... You. Yeah. The one closet door you're hiding behind is keeping all those other doors closed. Right. It, it truly is. I mean, you know, there's... That... It's, it's sad. Because, right. I mean, so many doors open... When you finally met who you are, mm-hmm. and you know, and if there's a door closed, it was meant to be closed. Right. It's it's not meant for you to be walking through. Absolutely. You know, but there's there's thirty other ones that are wide open with with a hundred people beside it. Right. Standing ready to ready to hug you and you embrace you and yeah, side. and right. and love you more than you've ever loved before because you're now loving yourself. Right. You know. Yeah. And that's a and I mean you know there's still. A lot of work to be done. Oh, absolutely. After you yeah. come out, no, as far I, as loving yourself. Yeah. Um, because, you know, we have so much of that sort of hate and stigma bred into us, especially here in the South. Right. Um, so, you know, yeah, I just, I just, I thank you absolutely. for coming on. Um, you know, I think your story is incredible. And to everyone out there who, you know, is queer and is closeted and is worrying about coming out, you know, know that I'm, I'm not saying it's going to be. It's not perfect, right. you know, and Absolutely. I'm not saying that, you know, you're going to come out and everyone's going to love you and it's going to be all, you know, rainbows and kittens. But, um, you know, if you come out and if, you know, your family has a bad reaction, if you're, you know, excommunicated from whatever church you're in, blah, 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 it's going to be okay. You can get through it. You're gonna make it out the other side. You know, there are resources out there no matter what. So, um, you know, I'll put some of those resources in the description of this podcast here. 
and in the video below if the camera was recording this whole time we'll see um but joe thank you so much for coming on thank you so much for being my first guest you're awesome thank you awesome Very much. all right guys um stay tuned for the next episode um and i'll see you later bye Thanks for listening, Queer. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at ListenQueerPod. Until next time, love yourself, be nice to people, and stay queer.